0: This podcast is presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place, www.caringplace.org.
1: Welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program with all the good news and more. Brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers, where caring for the needy, feeding the hungry, and changing lives happens every day. Now, here are your hosts
2: for Mission Possible, Ron and Marilyn Brummett. Good morning, South Florida, and welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. We're known as the Caring Place and have been caring for the homeless and needy here in South Florida since 1922. This is our 99th year of helping people in our community uh. Have their lives transformed and get back into business of just living and enjoying life. Good morning again. I'm Ron Brummett. I happen to be the president of the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. And I've been here 30 years beginning in February 1st. Uh, was my 30th anniversary. Actually, I've been in the mission since 1990, which would make it 31 years, but I didn't start to become a employee till February of 1991. Wow. 30 years. I can't believe it. I guess my age is starting to show. But what a great 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 time I've had here. What an honor and a blessing it has been uh to be a part of such a great organization that has such deep roots here in South Florida that goes back decades after decades after decades and to see the many many the thousands the really literally thousands of people's lives men, women and children uh who've come through our doors uh, in various locations, uh, needy, uh, besides themselves, not sure of their future, have given up on themselves, family members have given up on them, and then found hope and found a purpose in life. And, you know, we are a Christian organization. We don't uh, shy away from that. We believe that people can come to know the Lord God through Jesus Christ. Uh, we don't force that on anyone, but that's who we are. That's our DNA, and I'd be false and I wouldn't be genuine if I tried to shy away from that. Uh, we've been experiencing the blessings of the Lord for over nine decades, almost 10 decades. You know, one more year will be a 100-year uh, celebration. And yet you don't have to believe that way to come in our doors to get help. We have volunteers from all walks of life, all faiths. Uh, we've had people come through our doors that uh, really have been atheist. Uh Some have just been different types of religions. And we're not going to discriminate against that on race or creed or anything. We just want to love people because God loves people. And I do believe, and I've seen this over and over and over, that love never demands a change in anybody, in our personal lives, in our family lives, uh, especially with people that have experienced homelessness, but love will produce a change. So when people come in the door, we accept them just as they are. Uh, Many that come to us are just wearing the clothes on their back they have nothing the women that come to us many times are fleeing domestic violence and they've got a couple kids sometimes they're pregnant when they show up they have very little belongings uh, or whatever they can carry they may have it in a car maybe they don't have a car uh, they just hoofed it and was able to come through our, our doors but we've seen that people come come to us like that, but it doesn't take long if they apply themselves and work on themselves and take advantage of all the classes and all the counseling and all the case management and all the financial help and job readiness and job preparedness and how how to find a job and how to find a an affordable place to stay. Uh, it is just a miracle. And I am so grateful. I am very, very grateful. You know, some of you have heard my story before on the radio. But I, too, also was a homeless individual that walked the streets of Miami for two and a half years and came in the center of men in Miami uh, just out of the cold and needed something to eat and was able to make some very, very, very good decisions to stay there. And I would never imagine in 30 years that I would become the president of this great organization that not only serves here in in Miami-Dade County, but also in Broward County. And has just rippled effect throughout our country and our nation. And so I am again very, very thankful. You know, I, I said that when I came in, I was hungry and I was cold. And right now we've experienced some very cold weather and you can help uh, in such a great way by becoming a part of our mission, hope hygiene drive. This, we do this every winter. Uh, you go to our website at caringplace.org slash Uh, mission hope that's caringplace.org slash mission hope and you'll see a picture of some a purple bag and a lot of hygiene products you know we're looking for people to get the purple bags you just send us your contact form we'll send out one up to a 100 to 200 maybe you have a great big organization maybe you're part of a school Uh, you want to do a special drive for us and we're asking you to fill those purple bags with you know hygiene products toothbrush, toothpaste, soap, deodorant, razors, shaving cream, washcloths, uh, socks, things that you uh, would use every single day in your hygiene. Can you imagine not brushing your teeth or washing your face or being to shampoo your hair for weeks at a time? And sometimes, unfortunately, that's how people come to us, especially now during a COVID pandemic, uh, where a lot of services that were available to people are no longer available. And we as a as a Christian organization, as a nonprofit, as many other nonprofits, had to be very aware of following all the CDC guidelines and making sure that our staff and our volunteers and all the residents remain safe. Uh, so we've had to cut back too a little bit on our services and the ability just to let people in the front door. Uh, there's a testing process and isolation and quarantine oftentimes. Sometimes they have to leave the facility if they're positive and go to a hotel room that is provided by either the Broward County Homeless Initiative Partnership or the Miami-Dade Homeless Trust and then come back into the fold. So things are quite different. But these hygiene items we use every single day. Uh, We're not serving 1,100 people anymore. We're serving around 700 people every single day because our buildings are designed in such a way that when we social distance and have that six feet rule that we just can't accommodate as many people in our centers. Uh, and we, and rightfully so, we want to make sure that people are safe, but we use these products every single day. And then we have special outreaches. We'll have one coming up for Easter. It's called, uh, Good Friday on, uh, Easter on Good Friday. Uh, and we'll have a, a special time. We're going to do it a little differently than we've done in past years. But we're still going to have an outreach. And during these outreaches, we provide food and clothing, uh, smiles and prayer. And we also give away hygiene products, bags full of hygiene products for the homeless and for those that are needy in the area. So I'm asking you to go to caringplace.org slash missionhope. Uh, and then get our purple bags. And when you go to your supermarket or where you like to shop, look for the bogos, the buy one, get one free, a toothbrush for your family and a toothbrush for someone who needs help, uh, uh, some toothbrush, uh, toothpaste and so on. And that saves us a quite a bit of money. You know, hygiene products are very expensive. And when people participate this way, or maybe you can just clean out some of the things you have. You know, I think many hotels are shying away from the little individual bottles anymore. They're putting them in other dispensers. But those are excellent. Uh, As long as they're unopened and in new condition, uh, those are excellent to put into those bags. And I know some people that travel, you know, may have a whole drawer full of those. And that's one way you can put them to good use, recycle them, repurpose them. Uh, you probably If you haven't used them in a year, you're probably not going to use them. And so you can give them to, to our centers and we can pass them along to others in great need. So that's one of the ways you can help right now. You know, we're getting ready for Valentine's Day next Sunday. Uh, and every Valentine's Day since I've been here, we've done something special for those that are our residents and also for those on the street. We're going to do another great Valentine's Day uh, celebration where we're going to tell people that not only do people love them, but God loves them. And they may be by themselves, they may be estranged from family members, but we want them to feel especially loved. And so this whole month of February is is our heart for the homeless month. And uh, you can help us there by providing meals and support for those that are in our programs. You know, oftentimes people come to our doors because they're hungry. And so I've said for decades, hope often begins with just a meal. And you can provide 10 meals for $21. And and beyond just a meal, there'll be people around that person eating to encourage them. Uh, so go to our website at caringplace.org slash heart. That's caringplace.org slash heart. And make a special Valentine's Day uh, so, uh donation, not only for Valentine's Day, but for the entire month of February. It's one of our slowest months. Uh We're still feeding people. We're still clothing people. We're still counseling people. Uh, our ministry continues on, and we're still seeing people, even during this pandemic, we're still seeing people get jobs. Can you imagine that was the high, high unemployment rate and find affordable housing and moving into their own self-sustaining housing? And that's our end goal is to get people off the streets and get their own home, and while they're at it, that they're happier people, they're more productive people. We can't do it without you. So two ways you can help us is going to caringplace.org slash missionhope for our hygiene products and then caringplace.org slash heart to help us during our Heart for the Homeless month of February. Well, God bless you. We've got a great program. Stay tuned right here on News Radio 610 WIOD for more Mission Possible.
3: Leanne Navarro here is a Senior Community Development Associate for the Miami Rescue Mission and the Broward Outreach Centers. So excited we have on the phone with us today our wonderful friends in the community from Meals on Wheels, Mark Adler, Executive Director, and Jennifer Westcott, the Director of Community Relations. Welcome, Mark. And Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Thank you. So happy to be here. Oh, my God, you guys. Thank you so much. I mean, these are crazy times. Uh, we are all on the phone. We've done interviews before. We are always together in the same room. Oh, my goodness, the challenges of the pandemic. Tell me, how are you guys doing at Meals on Wheels?
4: Well, it's been like you said, a roller coaster of a year. Um, you know, it's almost a year since the whole pandemic swept up onto our shores, and uh, we are—we started in March of last year, operating at 300 percent of capacity of where we were in February of last year, and we've maintained that um, increase in home-delivered meals through this whole time, and we continue to do that. You know. Uh, A lot of people who never would have thought they needed help before suddenly found themselves homebound and had no way to get the food they needed. And uh, so we've been ramped up ever since.
3: So important that you mentioned that. I mean, the pandemic has definitely created or caused some people to be evicted, to be in need, to to lose their jobs. I mean... Uh, we are in the receiving end of many of those calls as, as well as people become homeless pretty much. Um, so I have to tell you, thank you so much for doing that. I mean, I love, we are the Miami Rescue Mission and we provide for the homeless and food, food insecurity and all that. And then Meals on Wheels, you guys tell me about your program, a complete different organization. I love it sometimes when people tell me, oh, you guys are Meals on Wheels and I have to, you know, clarify that we are a different organization, and I always tell them how much I love you guys. Uh, so tell oh, me, tell me about Meals and Wheels and what you guys stand for and what do you do and all, everything that you do to help others.
5: You're, you're so wonderful. You know, we, we both provide meals. It's just our delivery model is different. So we're serving senior citizens that are physically homebound over the age of 60. So these are seniors that may or may not have family, they may or may not have caregivers, they're home, they're isolated and they're alone. So our volunteers are providing nutritious meals to them once a week and they're providing a safety check so they can check on them especially during this time to see how they're doing, how is their mental health, see if they need anything for their home like shower bars. They can report back to us and say, hey this senior might need this, this senior might need someone to talk to. So it's really a wraparound service that we provide to our seniors and we couldn't do it without our incredible team of volunteers who are literally out there on the front lines even today when it's cold out. They are doing the most incredible job and we're so grateful to have them as part of our Meals on Wheels
3: team. Yeah, because they become and I know we've done interviews before, so I know I know your mission and your vision and everything that you guys do very well. So I know your volunteers actually become like that second family, that extended family, or those friends to the people that you're serving. Am I right here? I mean, it's, it's Absolutely. wonderful. Absolutely. They're, they're yeah, just you're,
4: like- you're so right. Yeah. Um. The yeah, the volunteers have been even through the pandemic. You know, a lot of our volunteers are older adults themselves, and. A small percentage of them decided to stay home and not volunteer, but the most of them are still out there every day, so committed to the clients that they serve. And um, and you're you're right, Uh, Jennifer's right, but they're like family, and um, they care more about their clients than they do about themselves, uh, which is just, I mean, it's amazing.
3: I, I can see how that can happen. And God knows I have friends that actually live out of state and then the parents actually are here because they retired here in Miami or Broward County, right? Cause you know, the, the Florida weather. And I can only imagine being away from my, from a relative like a mom or a dad and not knowing exactly, especially with the pandemic, we're not able to fly as frequently, right? Some people are even afraid uh, to fly at this point. So I mean, I love your volunteers. I love why, everything that you guys do because how wonderful that for that family member even that is away, right? That they can have that peace of mind. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're just so dedicated to our mission that they they reach out to us and say, well, what else can
5: we do to help? Yeah. You know, we have volunteers that come into the office to help and safely do things for us. They're just. They are like family. There's really no other word to describe them. They're just incredible people.
3: I love it. You guys are incredible. Anything new that you're doing, any events coming up, anything? I mean, I know with the pandemic, it's so crazy, but anything new that we should know about you guys? Yes. (laughs) Yes.
5: Leanne, we we have a personal invitation for you. We're actually doing our very first virtual event. It is a virtual wine tasting we're doing on Friday, March 12th. So it's an event anyone in any time zone can join us. You know, your family, my family in a different state, they can join us. Um, And it's with the Bossette Collection, which is an incredible, incredible winery in Napa Valley. So essentially, people can actually purchase a flight of wine. It's three bottles of wine, the one we ship directly to their home or office, and then they'll get a Zoom link and we're having an incredible Zoom party with this wine tasting um, with Mr. John Charles Borsett, who is the owner of the winery, and he will be hosting the event for us. It's going to be an incredible night, so get some cheese and some wine and some crackers, and you can have a safe party in your home for a wonderful cause because all the money will go right to Meals on Wheels South Florida.
3: I absolutely love the idea, the concept. I mean, talking about being creative, right? I mean, we did... A couple of those last year and we were very successful. So I'm going to start praying right now that your March 12th event will be a success. So our listeners Thank that are you. right now thinking, Oh my God, I want to be a part of that because it sounds so much fun and safe. That is the key word, right? And what I love is that now nice. you can open up to other, you know, parts of the country or the, for that matter because you don't have to be present it's virtual I mean you have to be present but it's virtual so tell me how right. how exactly. can your listeners be a supporter to you guys how can they find more information or buy a ticket or whatever they need to do
5: Absolutely. Just right on our homepage of our website, mealsonwheelssouthflorida.org. It's right on the homepage. It'll be the first thing you see. You can click for more information. You can give our office a call if you need some questions answered. Um, Our phone number is 954-731-8770. And we're happy to answer any questions you have, but it's very seamless, easy to one, two,
3: three to register, get your email up there, get your zoom link and it's going to be a lot of fun. Amazing. March, Twelve is right around the corner. God knows. I mean, time is flying this year. I don't know what happened to January anymore. Uh, so <laughs> you want to um, take advantage of this? You're supporting a good cause: Meals on Wheels, uh, delivering meals to you know people that are not able to go out or that they don't have any family, right? I mean, I mean, it's, it's so great everything you do. And I say it once again: it's a different organization. Meals on Wheels is different from the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. We just love each other. We're, you know, organizations working together to help others in the community, right? And and that's what's important. So let's give them once again. I don't want to run out of time. Tell them again, uh, Jennifer, the website, which I know people are cannot wait to get more info. It's MealsOnWheelsSouthFlorida.org. And all the information is there. Now, if you're driving, if you're busy, if you couldn't get the information uh, for whatever reason, you can call me here at the mission, Leanne. I'll give you the website. I'll give you the information. I have all the notes of the event. So we are able to give you that. Um, Jennifer, Mark, anything else going on or just, you know, you can always use the help of volunteers. Am I right?
4: Absolutely, yes. Our volunteers, as you heard, are the heart and soul of everything we do, and we do need more volunteers. With with all the additional clients that we're serving, we're really needing some more volunteers. So um, you can also sign up to volunteer and find more information on our website. And, again, that's mealsonwheelsoutflorida.org.
3: That's amazing. Now, it's easy, right, because they're driving to the homes. You give them the information. You give them exactly what they need to do. And all they have to do is deliver that meal and actually be kind and nice to the people that they're, you know, you in, know, interacting with. Love it. Love you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, I know that we are always getting together to Thank do these interviews. And best of luck with the March 12th event. Thank you so much. Leanne Navarro here, the Senior Community Development Associate for the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. I have on the line with us on the phone, uh, we have Elisa Chung. She is a young volunteer uh, for the Miami Rescue Mission for the Miami Center. Uh, Welcome to the show, Elisa. Thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, Elisa, I'm so inspired by you. I love, love, love young adults like you that get involved with the community, that find creative ways of helping. So we are going through a pandemic, right? No no secret here. Everybody yeah. knows what we're going through. And obviously, we, we, you know, we don't have as many volunteer opportunities as we used to before the pandemic. But here you are. You wanted to volunteer. You wanted to give back. What did you do?
1: Okay, well, um, over quarantine, I realized that there's not much to do to help the community. And one of the things I had learned to do in school was sew. So I realized that instead of just being bored at home, I could help the community and help the less fortunate by sewing masks. So I started sewing the masks, and um, I wrote on the masks like encouraging notes to just like keep smiles on people's faces and give them hope for an end to the pandemic hopefully and yeah and then i bought um different items to create um and prepare hygiene kits also
3: yes yes you did and and let me tell you i i didn't get to see the mask in in person because you know they were given away to our residents and, and homeless guests right away um because you know we love those handmade masks and I didn't see them but I saw a picture and they were so beautiful. So thank you oh, so thank much. You. Thank you so yeah, much I for taking the time. Uh they were beautiful. They were beautiful colors. I can only imagine the smiles, you know. I mean, I know any mask is going to protect you, right? But when it's something mm-hmm. handmade that you know that someone did with so much love for the community, uh, again, you inspired me. So thank you so much for doing that. Thank you. And and you're keeping yeah. them safe, right? I mean, Yeah, you found a way to help. You're keeping people safe. And because it's so important, everybody's got to be wearing a mask. You know, we all have to be responsible. Now, you told me off the air that you actually go to a very special church that we love here because they're amazing. What church do you go to?
1: Yeah, I go to Church of the Little Flower. So I'm
3: going to take a moment uh, to big shout out to everyone that attends the Church of the Little Flower because they're such great supporters of the mission. So and and did they know that you did the
1: mask? <laughs> um, they don't know. Um, they'll probably find out. But. <laughs> Yeah, they'll probably be very happy.
3: They would be very happy because you know what? Yeah. Again, they're such a, they're so active in the community. They do so much uh, for those in need in our community. Uh, so they'll be happy that that someone so young as Elisa, who came out of you know, goes to Church of the Little Flower, and you did the masks and and you're in high school now. Yes.
1: Yes, I'm a junior in high school.
3: Awesome. And how is that going now during the pandemic?
1: Um, pretty good. I miss my friends and stuff. Where. Um, they're gonna tell us soon if we're gonna be able to go back to school or not but hopefully we can go back
3: right and in the meantime you're doing it online
1: yes I'm doing it online
3: listen I I want you to please please share with all your friends I mean what you did uh, because it's so important to be creative to find creative ways of helping others and and for those that are listening if you are like uh, like Elisa maybe you know how to sew maybe you want to do handmade masks uh, Getting yeah whatever with us. Your,
1: whatever their talent is, they just find what they like to do and help the community with it.
3: And you didn't stop there; you also did the hygiene items, right?
1: Yes, yeah.
3: Because you do masks, why not hygiene items? They go hand in hand.
1: Right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we thank you so much. We have beautiful pictures. Uh, I I did actually. Uh, I'm going to include you in our volunteers newsletter uh, again. You're very inspiring uh, to me because you're very young. You learn how to sew. And and you wanted to put that talent to work by helping others. So, Elisa, we need more Elisas in our community. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Uh, We wish you much success in going back to school. Hopefully, you're able to go back to your campus right away and um, continue the
6: great work that you're doing in the community. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, I'm Marilyn Brummett, and this is the part of the program where we get to listen to a story. A story of life change. And we have men and women in our programs, both in Miami-Dade and Broward County, that as they come to our campuses, our centers, they're coming uh, in desperate situations, feeling that all is lost. So these stories are real. Uh They're coming from the heart of the person that is telling it. And I have with me today Andre. And Andre, uh, I know you're going to share your story from your heart. Tell us, go back in time. First of all, welcome to the program and being uh, courageous and wanting to tell your story.
0: Uh, Thank you for having me here today. Uh, I was born in Chicago, Illinois, to a single parent mother. Uh, The only thing that she knew how to do was run gambling houses and hustle on the street so at very young age I was taught that by her because it was just me and her at the time um one particular time I was told by her that I was almost born in jail when she was locked up I was born one day after she got out Wow um but at that time uh, I was taught a lot of street things uh in Chicago at the time so... It was days that she would, uh, be gone for a certain amount of days. I was left with friends of hers and I was continued to being taught street things. Uh, but one particular day I was over her, my godmother's house and some ladies knocked on the door. And, uh, when they came, when I came to the door, they knew me, but I didn't know them. And they was told me I was, they, they was my great aunts. And uh I never knew that we had another side of a family.
1: Hmm.
0: You know, because my mother wasn't never the type that hung around family. So it was a surprise to me as a at the age of twelve. So uh they told me that they was coming to get me. And uh at that point I was took in and I was raised by my all of my great aunts and my great uncles on the other side of my mother's family that I never met. Uh, I had a whole nother side of the family, and they all was Christian women. Wow! And my uncles was pastors, so it was a new experience for me. Um, as I was raised, I was raised up great bound. You know, it seemed like all attention was focused on me at the time, because I had cousins I never met, and other the whole another old side of the family I never never met. So, um, as time was going on. I had a great aunt named I called her Aunt, aunt, aunt Indy because uh, we was taught to call all our aunts aunts and uh, she used to tell me stories about how I was born on her birthday mm. that I was a special child mm. and she was a godly woman and she would always talk about God and I would always see them give to people in the neighborhoods so uh, I was taught so many things but as I got a little older. I stopped being rebellious mm-hmm. because I guess because I was so angry. I was angry at the fact that my mother just left me mm-hmm. and didn't come and get me. Mm-hmm. So I started being real rebellious at that time. So I started hanging out with, uh, older kids and I started learning how to, uh, get involved in games, uh, sell drugs and do all sorts of things that was, you know just evil. and um I ended up going back and forth to the juvenile detention.
6: Okay, well we're going to have to stop you right there. We're going to come back in just a moment and find uh what really then eventually brought you to the mission. So don't turn that dial cuz we all want to hear more of Andre's story. Well, we're back with Andre and he's in the midst of his story and he's had quite a um, up and down part of his childhood uh, really rough start uh, mom basically you know uh, teaching more of the street life and then being picked up when you're 12 by another side of the family that is a godly side of the family and now you're being taught a whole new um part of values but still feeling abandoned uh, that your mother didn't come get you and now you're you kind of left us off there with maybe being part of some gang. So let's mm-hmm. pick up the story there.
0: Yes, um, I was part of a gang. Uh, I got I was in and out of prison uh, on drugs real bad. So I decided to move far away from the family because I didn't want to hurt them anymore. So I moved here to Miami. I came down here with an uncle of mine's. Uh, ended up in Broward. Uh, came down here. I was in the program doing good, wasn't drinking or drugging.
6: Now, did you first come into the Broward Centers or the I came Miami? Into,
0: I came down here living with my uncle at the time.
6: Did you go into our Broward campus Yes, first? I did. Okay. Yes, I did. And then yes, later transferred and, to the Miami campus. Transferred
0: there, yes. And um, once I uh came, got out, I ended up messing up. And then I ended up here on the streets in live. So... Uh, my uncle, my uncle was like, "Well, I know a place where you can go to get some help." I have always heard about Miami Rescue Mission through other people, so I I say, "Okay, I decide." I I said "I come and see, you know what's going on with the Miami Rescue Mission." So I ended up in front of uh Miami Rescue Mission Monday morning. Uh, I actually showed up late and uh there was no chance for me getting in, but something happened. Uh, two people had missed their appointment. So my name bumped up to number one. Mm. So I ended up getting in, and as I was walking in, I'm saying to myself, man, here I go again. You know, wonder how is this going to be? So I ended up in there. The first week, I have to be honest, I I was real skeptical. I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this place. You know, it's so much you have to do. You know, uh, I'm not used to this. Mm-hmm. So... I I prayed. I tried to be rebellious the first time I came in. But for some odd reason, God always brought me through it. Mm. You know, um, no matter how much I tried to rebel against this place, it's something good always came. You know, that right there was proof that God was beginning to come into my life. Mm -hmm. And I started rethinking everything and stopped being rebellious. Mm. And start being obedient. Be obedient to mm-hmm. what was going, what was taking process. So um, I started opening up my mind, start listening to a lot of counselors around there. Um, a lot of people that were came through the program, graduated through alpha, they started telling me you can do it, just just sit still and just listen. So by me doing that, it was time for alpha it was coming up and I used I was telling myself I'm not going through alpha. I'm not going to do it, but once again, God showed open doors and showed me a different way and Here I go now, with six <laughs> weeks left
6: wow of alpha
0: of alpha, and I'm glad that I stayed and went through this alpha program because it showed me a whole lot of new themes
6: well, for people who don't know what alpha is, it's the upper part of the program it's the last sixteen seventeen weeks. Where you get intensive study, not only do you spend more time in the education department, but you also spend more time just as a as a class. You have um, you have teammates, you might say, that are in alpha, and really learning those tools in life to become successful and you also have a good biblical um teaching that um that some people say it's like going to a year of bible college it's so intense but now you have the tools of knowing that god loves you and uh, you can even search the scripture yourself to find out those things so what a story I mean, what a, what a life that you've had to lead. But God has a new chapter in your life. If, if you're listening, please, uh, pray for Andre and the many other men and women that come through our programs. And if you're struggling, remember God always has a plan. Thank you, Andre, for
2: sharing today. Thank, thank you for having me. What a great testimony from Andre. And you know, that's what it's all about in our centers in Miami and in Broward. Is that when people come to us, they're broken. They have, uh, they may have similar experiences in life, but everyone has their own story. And I am so grateful to be a part of this great organization. Uh, it's on its 99th year of serving the homeless and needy here in South Florida. I've been here 30 years, but it never, it just fills me with joy to see people come in and get their lives turned around. You know, we can't do it without the support of our neighbors our friends in the community, our business community, our faith partners, our volunteers, and our financial supporters. Uh, Even during the pandemic, I am so uh, just amazed at the compassion and the generosity of people that may are struggling themselves, but they're not forgetting those that even have less. And you can be a big part of what we do. You know, this is uh, February 14th is coming on. us Valentine's Day. This whole month is called Heart for the Homeless. And you can help us celebrate Valentine's Day, in fact, and celebrate the whole month of February uh by sharing God's love and sharing your love and your concern for those that are are especially hurting. Can you imagine just, not just being homeless, but being faced with this pandemic and, and not knowing what the future is going to bring? Can you get a job? Are you going to be able to get your own place? Uh, You know, what's really going to happen? And so while we're here and while they're here, rather, we want them to know that God has a plan for them. And even through these dark clouds, there is a future. I, I'm gonna believe that the best is yet to come for, for us as a nation, as a people, and for our, our country and, and and the world. I have to be optimistic, even with all the doom and gloom and the infighting and the negative saying, uh, after 30 years of being here at the mission, I've seen a little bit of everything. And the, the mission's been here for almost 100 years, one year shy of a centennial. And it's been through everything, hurricanes, depressions, World War, uh the Korean War, Vietnam War, upheaval, economic ups and downs, so many different types of presidents, so many different leaders. And yet we are still faithful in reaching out to those that are experiencing homelessness. You know, I wish our vision is no one is homeless, Uh, but that doesn't seem to be true. You know, even Jesus said. Uh, that the poor you have with you always. And it seems like in every civilization, every society, if you do your uh, background checks and your fact-checking, check- that there's always been an element of people, for some reason, or for many reasons, have remained homeless. And, and they looked upon as beggars. Uh, some of them have just looked upon as crazy people. Uh, but I know from experience that people just don't wake up and choose to be homeless. It's a series of events. And so we're very, very grateful. When you hear a story like Andre, And you hear other people's testimonies, you say, wow, you know, this is possible. Yes, it is possible. And even during the pandemic, people that coming in, it takes them a while. They have to work on themselves. They have to really put their foot down and say, you know, I'm going to make it this time and work all the different programs and work on their addictions and whatever their problems are. But there still are jobs available and there's still affordable housing. And so we're very, very grateful that even during this, this horrible past year, We've had many people uh, become employed and go on to become self-sufficient. Uh, we can't do it without you. So if you go to caringplace.org heart, uh, this is our heart for the homeless month. You can make a donation. $21 provides 10 meals. And I know that there's somebody listening today that maybe could do many, much more than that, could maybe do with, uh, 100 meals. And uh, you can make an online donation there. And if you can't do that right now, another way you can get involved is to help us with our Mission Hope Hygiene Drive. We do this every single winter. This is a time that we ask people to go to our caringplace.org slash Mission Hope page. There's purple bags that we'll send out to you that you can fill with hygiene products, toothbrush, toothpaste, deodorant you know, soap. Uh, If you've gone to hotels in the past and motels, you have those small containers that you haven't touched for a while. Those are excellent things to put into our purple bags. You can deliver them, you know, small amounts to one of our many locations listed on the website. Or if you have a, if you're ambitious, maybe your school organization, place of worship is doing a massive uh, drive. We'll come by and pick them up also. It's a great way to help us. Well, God bless you. Uh, we're praying for great things this week and stay tuned next Sunday right here on News Radio 610 for more Mission Possible.
0: This podcast was presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as the Caring Place. www.caringplace.org